The views expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Mama says you're brain dead, bang your head against the wall. Peace of mind, brain needs an overhaul. And now, and now, joined by the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, it's your overly opinionated host, the Monty Man. Time to lay your burden down. Welcome one and all to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Margie's here. Good morning. Marv is here. Howdy. Denver is here. Howdy. Yes. And uh, Dave Fleming is not here because Dave is at his uh, new place of employment out at the Adult and Teen Challenge Center in Shed, Oregon, as a certified alcohol and drug counselor level two. Uh, I think today's his first day back out at that job. But he will be here on the third Monday of the month for Entitled to Overcome (coughs) Solutions for Life today uh, for his show. Um, So congratulations to him. Happy November, everybody. Yes. Welcome to the month (laughs) before Denver's favorite month. Wow. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yes, the month of gratitude. Gratitude, Denver. Yeah, sure. Oh, I have right. I have plenty of it. Yeah, do you? I just don't direct it in December. <laughs> well, it is good to have you all with us. Our email address is take12radio at comcast.net. And the topic uh, on this show this week, unenforceable rules. That we put on friends, family, and society. Um, We have a tendency to have rules that we assign to people. Rules that we have no more power over than to turn ourselves into a rock. And yet we live our lives thinking that we do. So we're going to be talking about those and what happens when we try to enforce those and some of the fallout uh, from that kind of stuff. And uh, but I've I've made a commitment for this month only, and I think Cecil's going to share this with you. <coughs> okay, everybody, check it out. I've got some very interesting news <laughs> from what I understand, because this is November and it's Gratitude Month. The Monty Man promises that he won't have anything to whine about all month long on Take 12 Recovery Radio. Yay! Everybody cheer! Yay! Okay, so what we're going to do is bring you some very weird and interesting stories on each of our shows this week. Just for your amusement. So, Monty Man, take it away! All righty. Thank you, Cecil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to try really hard not to have anything to whine about. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, uh, so here's here's the first story of the month, the first weird story. This comes in from uh, an email I got from Peter J., from somewhere in the heart 
land of America. He wouldn't tell me where. <laughs> I don't even know if this story's true, but it's worth sharing with you. At a Narcotics Anonymous 12-step support meeting at an undisclosed location, uh, a man came into the room dressed as a Thanksgiving Day turkey. Actually, I can see that. Especially at some of the meetings that we've attended, Marv. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, in addition, uh, he was dressed with all the trimmings as well, glued to his outfit. Uh, No one recognized this newcomer, and in fact, he introduced himself by saying, my name is Mr. Gobbles, and I have an eating disorder. He went on to say that when he eats turkey, he has little or no control of how much he eats or how often. He just keeps eating. Well, a strange silence came over the meeting room, but as fate would have it, a young lady spoke up and said, welcome, you're in the right place. You're obviously not in your right mind, nor are any of us. Would you like a donut? <laughs> My gosh. The man stayed through the entire meeting and was given a ride home by the young lady who gave him a donut. That was one year ago on Thanksgiving Day. This Thanksgiving, Jennifer M. and Mr. Gobbles will tie the knot after his Overeaters Anonymous meeting at the church he currently attends. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> That's just crazy enough to be true, right? Yes. Uh, so, Peter, uh, you got to email me back and tell me where you're from. I, I, I mean, I love it. That's great. Mr. Gobbles. I hope she likes turkey. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Okay. They, they need to move to Lebanon. Yes. <laughs> what, oh, the, we have turkeys in Lebanon, right? Oh, yes. Man. All over yeah. the place. That's Turkeyville. There's there's that there's a mill or something that you can, of them the other day. There's uh it between like shed and Lebanon there's something mill it's a famous historical place. Yep. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh yeah. Yeah. The grain mill out there. The grain mill. Yeah, and you drive through there's turkeys everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. So, uh well congratulations to uh Mr. Gobbles and um his fiance. I mean, what a trip, right? Um there you go. <laughs> oh, Cecil. Wow. Well, yeah, so isn't that better than a wine? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, we're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about... There, it's Monty Man, and I'd like to introduce you to a brand new, unique, faith-based podcast entitled Welcome to the Table. In studio with me right now is Pastor Sean Silveri and Khalil Burton. What exactly is Welcome to the Table? Well, Welcome to the Table is a podcast all about coming together and learning more about Jesus from one another. Um, the table is a place of unity and conversation, so we wanted to capture that imagery. Yeah, and we're just simply on this adventure together, you know, talking through and plumbing the rich depths of the Christian faith and exploring how to be followers of Jesus together in a world of uncertainty and change. Yeah, and we just love for people to join us and be a part of the conversation, Monty Man. Sounds like a very powerful broadcast, and we need to know how listeners can tune in. 
Yeah, well, we are on all major podcast platforms, specifically Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So you can check us out. All you got to do is look up Welcome to the Table and you'll find us there. You can also follow the links right here at Take12Radio.com. Hey, it's the Monty Man with a question for you. How serious are you about getting to know your 12-step fellowship on a deeper level? Well, if you are, I've got a great opportunity for you. One of the most downloaded speakers in the world of the 12 steps, Mr. Chris S., has joined up with Take 12 Recovery Radio in putting together and producing one of the most comprehensive studies in audio format of walking through the 12 steps and 12 traditions, AA conference approved literature. Also, we have available for you walking through the big book with Chris S. and myself, Also, very comprehensive as we go line by line, word by word, through the big book of AA. How do you get these marvelous workshops for fun and for free? Visit us at Take12Radio.com. Scroll down to the Recovery Workshops banner, and there you will find the links to those two workshops and many more. And I said, no, 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 I don't smoke it no more. Hey guys, this is Richie Supa, and you are listening to Take12Radio.com, recovery talk and positive music. You notice how I cut myself off there at the uh, at the break? That was rude. I just interrupted myself. (laughs) You need to apologize to yourself. I know. That producer is uh, in trouble. Anyway, so uh, welcome back. Uh, the topic this week, unenforceable rules that we put on friends, family, and society. Uh, this, is a, this is a huge issue. And when we're talking about people that are living with substance use disorder, uh, that's the politically correct word, substance use disorder, instead of alcoholism or drug addiction. Can't say that anymore. Can't say you're an alcoholic. You are somebody who suffers from alcohol use disorder. What do you uh, think about that, Marv? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. There, there's a whole school of thought that we just got to be politically correct about all that stuff. Well, you know, talk talk to the guy that's you know been arrested a hundred times for drinking and driving. How politically correct he's feeling right now. It, you know, not only that, he can't talk that long. No, <laughs> yeah. that's a long word, right? Yeah, that's there. right. Just, just word. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but we do we do have a tendency <clears throat> to um, to set up these rules in whether it's in a relationship or whether it's just with one another casually. Um, we call them uh, unreasonable expectations. Sometimes we can just call them expectations in general, right? Uh, and these these are rules that we put on each other. And so if you don't if you don't get in line and you don't fulfill these rules to my classification, my expectation, right? Then we're going to have a problem with one another. And of course, people don't match up to the way we think about things because we're human beings. We 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 look at just about everything a little differently, even the things we're on the same page with, right? I mean, the, the your, Margie, your, your perception of the pen that I'm holding in my hand is going to be different than mine 
because you're looking at it from a different perspective. True. True? Yeah. You're looking at it from across the table. Okay, the listeners aren't experiencing that. We are. Um, Hold on a second. That was weird. We were getting a fuzzy sound there. Sorry, listeners. Uh, I think it's corrected. Um, But we're looking at things from a different perspective, so we're naturally going to have a different point of view, even with things that we agree on. So this... um, this little article I want to read here, this comes from Dr. William E. Austin. He's a licensed uh, psychotherapist uh, on unenforceable rules. He says, there are, um, there are family and relationship rules. An example would be a person who has the family rule that family members, including in-laws, are to call on birthdays, anniversaries, and other special times. His frustration is that one in-law does none of those things. He complains that if that in-law really cared about his family, she would do those things, but she doesn't. The unenforceable rule is that he cannot make her care or operate by his family rules. Does that sound familiar? Anybody have that experience within a family structure that somebody just doesn't do something the way we feel they should do it? (laughs) And therefore, it means they don't care? I can relate to that, Monty. I feel like, um, for instance, my daughter doesn't call me as often. Well, she rarely calls me as she should or text me as often as I I would want her to. And, you know, I would consider that one of those unenforceable rules. So if she doesn't call you or text you to your expectations... How do you interpret that? Well, I think that she's like uh, upset with me or doesn't care about what's going on with my life or, um, you know, something like that. And that's and that's, you know, that's pretty self-centered because, you know, she does have a busy life. But but that's how my um, addictive brain thinks sometimes. So Right. Right. So in this article, he says, unfortunately, many women go through. what a woman will call Nancy experienced while going through a divorce. Nancy's relationship rules included that her ex-spouse should be fair and should show remorse for his unethical actions, that her ex-spouse should not lie, and that if her ex-spouse does wrong, he should suffer. Nancy believed she was the only one suffering because he seemed happy and better off financially. It seems so unfair for Nancy to be left with the Uh, with the discipline of their angry children and most of the bills. When Nancy's ex-spouse did not adhere to the expectations, she tried to enforce her unenforceable rules by analyzing, beating herself up, and giving the ex-spouse zingers. None of Nancy's actions changed how her ex-spouse related to her. In truth, Nancy was the only one suffering because her ex-spouse didn't care, and he had moved on. So she's saying, well, if he if he cared about the children, he would do this, that, and the other thing. Right. So she's putting these rules on him, and he didn't even give a rip. Right. He's moved on, and she's the one suffering because of her unenforceable rules. We may try to enforce relationship rules by our thinking that if we say or do just one more thing, it will cause the other person to care about us or to do what we... Uh, would like him or her to do. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work. 
There has to come a time when we come to grips with the idea that no matter what we say or do, the other person is not going to give us what we want. The reasons uh, may be that they do not know how to give it to us, that it's not naturally something they consider, or that they just don't want to. Another reason is that it doesn't work, or that it doesn't work is because we are under the misconception that the other person expresses their love the way we do, thinks like we do, and will respond the way we do. How can we take care of ourselves and take away the power we give those who hurt or disappoint us? The first step is to ask ourselves, what need do we want this person to fulfill? And so what I what, what my point here is, is that this speaks to emotional sobriety versus emotional dependency. When I am dependent on you fulfilling my needs the way I expect you to, then I am emotionally dependent on your behavior to be comfortable in my own skin. And that is going to come up short. So I have to look and I have to say, what need am I expecting you to fulfill in my life? So you've heard me tell the story about I would pull up to um, the AA meeting and I would see somebody's car in the parking lot and I would say, you know what, I'm not doing this. That guy's in there today. I am not putting up with that. And I turned around and I drove off. So I missed whatever God had for me in that meeting that day, right? Because I put an unenforceable rule on this guy saying that this is how he's going to act. And so I'm not going to put up with it. I, I, I was, I was, I was uh, being a, for, uh, a future, uh, what, what do you call it? A prophet, <laughs> right? He's going to act this way. He's going to say these things because that's what he always does. And I'm not putting up with that, so I'll leave. And then I came to find out that he wasn't even there. His car was broke down in the parking lot. <laughs> but I, I had I had put this expectation on the situation, on that entire meeting. And from what I understand, that particular meeting, I'll never forget this, happened to be a really phenomenal meeting. And it was very powerful. And I missed out because of my expectations. <clears throat> so... There is a emotional sobriety inventory form that is on our website. Uh, listeners, if you will go to uh, Recovery Workshops, go to Take12Radio.com, go to Recovery Workshops, and click on Step-by-Step -step Toward Emotional Sobriety, there's a form, a PDF file there. And it reads like this. There, there's a few columns. What is the hurtful thing that happened? That's the first column. What was the thing that disturbed me that took place? Um, how did I respond to it is the next column. And the third column is, what is my unhealthy dependency? And then the last column is, what should I have done to stay centered? So I'll give you an example that I give the guys out of the Adult and Teen Challenge Center. You got Mr. Smith. He has been coming home from work. He works really hard. So does his wife. She's raising three kids. And they're all really young. So it's fun, 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 right? Raising oh, yeah. these three kids. She's exhausted. He's exhausted. He comes home every day for a week and the dishes are not done. They keep piling up, piling up. He doesn't say anything at all. He just practices silent scorn. And one day he's had enough. And he says to his wife, if you cared about our house 
if you loved our family, you would make sure this kitchen was clean. So the disturbing event was the dishes aren't getting done. The way he responded, he chews her out, right? What is his unhealthy dependency? He's putting an unforceable rule on her that says, if you loved me, this kitchen would be clean. That's an unenforceable rule. He, she, he can't enforce that. What should he have done? The dishes. If it's bothering you that much, then you do the dishes. And and, and so I see us doing this with each other, um, not just in the recovery community, just people in general. So I wanted to ask you guys, what are some examples of unenforceable rules that you may have put on people or that you see people putting on people? Particularly right now in the climate we're living in, right? We got a politically charged climate. We got stuff going on where people are expecting other people to act, behave, believe exactly like they want them to, or else they're, well, it's just or else, right? All right, so let's open it up. Who wants to start? <laughs> Not I. Don't. <laughs> I have a couple, but... Okay, well, shoot. Yeah, okay, if nobody's coming to the plate. Uh, <clears throat> expectations, huh? Well, I wanted to say right off the get-go is I take inventory on people pretty quickly, and that's just something uh, I'm aware that I do, Yeah, and I don't voice it a lot, which is what I'm learning. You know what? I shouldn't inventory anybody because I don't know what's going on in their life. But I'm out on the road nowadays... And these little quirks really bother me. Somebody's on my tailbone. I'm doing the speed limit, but they got to get to where they're getting. Right. They should have left earlier. All right. That's my first. And this is verbal. So that's your unenforceable rule. They should have left earlier. Yeah. 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 And I'm verbal about it to myself and God's hearing. You know, they're not. They're back there just on my tailbone. Yeah. (laughs) They're not using their blinker. People right now are in a hurry. And that's bothering me because I'm not in a hurry anymore in life. I'm really trying to slow down and take it easy. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one. Uh, there's just a lot of, and most of this is because I'm not around uh, my immediate family a lot. There are other issues there, but uh, it's mostly the general public that I'm. I can't. I can't control them. I don't know their circumstance. Sure. That's what I come back to all the time is I don't know what's going on in their life, so I really shouldn't get quick judge them. Mm-hmm. And that calms me down enough to get where I need to turn and, you know, do my shopping or whatever I got to do. So let me play devil's advocate for a minute. Isn't it perfectly natural to have some expectations on people and their behaviors? Well, yes, you should use your turn signal, and you shouldn't pull out in front of me when mm-hmm. I'm doing X amount of miles an hour in a vehicle. I and and you should be able to expect them to obey the law and use their well, turn signal, right? Well, yeah. And I, I the other day, I almost hit a skateboarder, and I could have took his skateboard out, yeah. but I didn't want to wreck my tire, so I made a quick decision... <laughs> To swerve, as I don't like to do, but I swerve because I didn't see anybody coming. <clears throat> yeah, And the kid was running right towards my car, too. And I'm thinking, this whole situation could have turned fast or bad fast. Yeah. 
you know. But I did. I don't know. Maybe his mother was in the hospital and he wasn't concentrating on how to control his four wheels. Yeah, who knows, right? I don't know that. Yeah. And I was just, I didn't even honk my horn. I just kept going. As much as I wanted to stop and scream at him, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, good. I got to tell that story on the air because I'm telling you. I was a little <laughs> hot about all that. Ah, he just about okay. He just about caused some issues there. I mean, if best case scenario would have been my flat tire as he skated away. Well, he wouldn't have skated away because I would have wiped out his skateboard. So but, it doesn't sound like the, it didn't sound like that you've had this huge resentment all week long about it. No, no, no. But it does sound like that it stills oh. in the back of your head. Oh, my blood pressure rose. Yeah. And uh, I, I yeah. went and uh, calmed down. And, you know, I was happy that no- nothing really did happen because that kid was coming full-blown right into my vehicle. And I'm looking back after the next stoplight and going, that could have really turned ugly fast. So I'm thankful that it didn't. Could that have upset your entire day? It could have. Yeah. I could have I could have drugged that through the week from my past. Right, I I could be hunting him down today, from the old Denver, which would speak to an unhealthy dependency on his behavior for you to have serenity. He needs to be more responsible for me to be happy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you Back. go. Right, Whew. right. That's out of the and way. And it could have been. It could have been like that. Yeah, you know, uh, and it probably would have been at some time in your life. It 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 would have most definitely at some time in my life. You know, through my uh, recovery walk, through my walk with Christ, things have changed. Yeah. So uh, every day I give a little thanks that mm-hmm. things have changed. They're not perfect, mm-hmm. but they have changed, and I'm presuming they're going to get better with time. Yeah. Marv? Oh, I was afraid you were going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're next. It is a talk show. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I I really got a whole bunch of thoughts about this sure. topic, and and uh, I'm like everybody else. Uh, in my in my mind, my particular big thing uh, back in the day was my either it's right or wrong personality, black and white. Yeah, black yeah. and white personality, and so it got me into trouble a lot. On all sorts of different uh, situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you that today it's not that way. Um, uh, one thing I thought of, you know, um, part of everything, uh, I think, uh, in recovery or uh, uh, growing up in the Lord has to do with spirituality. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I thought of when you first started talking about this is there's a way that seems right to a man at the end there is a way of death. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, and you know, that can, to some ears, that might sound, oh, yeah, right, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, to me, when I had these expectations of either right or wrong and had them put on other people, it was causing me more problems mm-hmm. and the way of death is eventually we found out in the scientific world that stress 
brings on heart disease and or uh, if you're addicted to cigarettes you increase the amount of cigarettes you're smoking you bet. and, and Overeating. so on and on yeah. and on so one of the things i've learned um is uh to become try to become right sized mm. you know who in the hell do i think i am <laughs> right right you know, and that's true. And driving down the road or going into the grocery store or to the bank or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I do have expectations. The thing that's happened with me is I've been able to think it through before I open my big mouth, which has really helped me. Yeah. And uh, part of what AA teaches is tolerance. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, outwardly, if people – I discovered something the other day. I didn't even realize it. Uh, it's kind of off the topic a little bit, but I'm coming to a point. Uh, I, you know, I'm 73 years old. And the other day I did some music on a, a Zoom meeting mm-hmm. that had to do with the music association. So when you do that, you're looking right at the computer. Yeah. And what I discovered is my facial expressions don't change. So I can appear, and I've had people ask me, what are you upset about? Right. And I'm not. I'm perfectly content. Yeah. But um, so knowing that now, it really bothers me because um, I don't want people to think I'm mad all the time. Mm-hmm. But somehow through my whole life and what I've been through and gone through, and uh, that has been one of the things that happened. And very rarely, um, now peop- some, Margie says she can see a change in my eyes. But, you know, how close do people look at that? You know? Right. And um, so there's things that have happened in people's lives that they carry with them for all of their life. You bet. It just doesn't have to be at the extreme it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing I thought about in the spiritual part, you know, uh, if it used to re, uh, used to be able to see that divorce was the highest. It was like the third thing down on the list for high stress, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's a, a spiritual thing. Sure. And uh, so people who have these expectations uh, on their ex-spouse and stuff like that, a lot of it just has to do with plain pain, the tearing and ripping that goes on with the divorce. The trauma involved, yeah. yeah. So the psychobobalism's all good and fine, but there's so much more in sure. how we act and react and respond to other people. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Deep down within. Yeah. Because um, it isn't a matter of, like in the example of Nancy here, that that she's expecting her ex to act certain ways. Yeah, are those unreasonable expectations? She's putting rules on him that he, that she cannot enforce, and she needs to realize that. But at the same time, there's some very understandable reasons why she's doing that. Be- yeah. it, it could have to do with her upbringing. It could have to do something in her childhood. It could have to do with trauma. It could have to do. There's a lot of stuff, and that's not that's not an excuse necessarily. But 
it definitely could be a valid reason. And, and I liked what Denver said too. We don't know what the people. We don't know. Are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I use that in my thinking, whether it's on the highway or in a meeting, and I see something. Yeah. You know. Well, wait a minute. You don't really know. You know. Right. But that's had that's taken practice. Yeah. I, I don't automatically do it. So I, I totally understand the whole concept of share the message, not the mess, when you're in a your twelve step support talk about your day drink bad coffee meeting. I get it. I, I do. But I also it infuriates me when somebody is spilling their guts and they are just in tremendous pain and Somebody says to them, well, you know, you need to share the message, not the mess. In the meeting. Come on. I mean, you don't know. Well, yeah, but this is what they do every week. Okay. Are you with them in between meetings? Do you know what their life's like? Maybe they need some guidance. Maybe they need to be, you know, talked to, pulled aside, and with some compassion and somebody who knows what they're talking about who has actually worked a program of recovery that has had a spiritual awakening as a result of those steps can come alongside them and help them. But you don't need to speak up with your flapping gums, putting them down because they're in pain and they're sharing it. Because part of the message is the mess, right, Margie? Isn't right. it? Absolutely. Yeah. I know like uh, some of the meetings, uh, AA meetings that I've been to, um, there has been... Um, members there that would make a big deal out of well we don't talk about outside issues but but like Marv always says a lot of these outside issues are the reason that we drink are the issue therefore and, they're an inside issue yeah and so <laughs> it's hard to talk about your disease if you don't uh, kind of explain how you got there and what things are triggering you and um, yeah that's that that's a you just got to share the mess. You got to get it out sometimes. Right. You just have to. And otherwise it's going to fester. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to come back to bite you. And, um, so I, I, I do believe you have to share the mess. And I know about these unspoken, um, expectations or rules. Um, oh gosh. Like I, I think that I expect, um, people to um respond nicely to me when i'm when i'm nice to them but um i'm i'm learning that um after all these years that that's not always going to happen right because uh everybody's different and it doesn't matter if you've been sober you know a day or 37 years that people are just people and some people are just not uh I don't know how to say it any different. They're n- nice. They're not. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And maybe it's it's not that they're not nice all the time, but maybe they're going through something that day and they're having a bad day or um, who knows. But I used to always, always think it was something I did. And I'm still working on that. I'm so not perfect at that. But I'm I'm trying to, to remember that, you know, I'm not the center of the universe and people have so much going on in their life that um, just because maybe they don't act or behave the way that I think they should towards me or in life in general, you know, it, it doesn't have to do anything with me. And um, that's been something I've really been focusing on lately. And um, 
you know, there's little things, little rules, unenforceable rules, like like Denver's talking about driving. Like, you know, you let somebody out, and it really annoys me if they don't wave thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you too? That's yes. odd. That's <clears throat> odd. Yes. I mean, <clears throat> I'm like, come on, I did you a big favor here. But, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's, uh, and most do. Most uh, I do. Ha- I have most to say do. that. Most do. Yeah. I'm pleased. But we go. We, I'm pleased. Our brain goes to the ones who don't, though, right? We forget oh, yeah. about yeah. the ones who do. Yeah. yeah. Our brain always goes to the ones who <laughs> right, don't. Right. Um. So when I'm when I'm working with folks and they are in turmoil over somebody else's behavior, I will ask him, "What are some of the unenforceable rules you're putting on them?" I, I, I'll never forget. Um, before I ever heard the term emotional dependency or emotional sobriety, um, how emotionally dependent I was on a very, very close friend. Because this friend was acting out in ways that were just bizarre. And uh, we were we were bending over, Marsha and I were bending over backwards for this guy. We let him stay in our home. Um, he was doing things that were just unethical and moral, just, not, just wrong. And... I took it very personally. And I remember sitting out on the curb in front of our house saying, how could you act like this after everything we've done? Look at me in the face and tell me, who do you think you are? And he didn't answer. He wouldn't respond. And I just went on and on and on, and the guy just never would respond. Years later, he told me the reason that he didn't respond is because he didn't hear a word I said. Because he was so caught up in stuff that was going on in his life that I had no idea of. Kind of speaks to what you were saying, uh, uh, Denver. That I had no idea of. I wasn't going to get an answer from him that night. But that whole week, I was angry. I was rest. I was the Reds, right? I was restless, irritable, discontented because he wouldn't fulfill the rule that says when somebody's talking to you, you answer them. That was my unenforceable rule. And my sponsor says to me, when are you going to get it through your thick skull skull, that you are powerless over other people's choices? Right. And, oh boy, I hated that. I didn't like that. But I realized I wanted to be in control. And just like that chapter in the big book of AA that talks about, you know, we are all actors, you know, in this play, you know, and I want to be the director. The problem is everybody else that's in the play thinks they're the director. <laughs> so now we have a train wreck. Everybody thinks they're in charge. We see this at it, it um, service le- levels with our twelve step fellowships. We see it in the political end. And don't you, don't you dare tell me there's an unenforceable rule. Don't you dare, don't you dare tell me there isn't a political side to church politics. Whether it's church, synagogue, place of worship, whatever, wherever there's leadership, there's going to be politics, so to speak. Um, but we see this stuff in every aspect of society. Look at this, the unenforceable rules that are going on in our society right now. All you got to do... Do I it, have to? Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you open your eyes. All you got to do is... is, is Tune on the the boob tube and watch the different networks, right? One in particular, 
um, is kind of a lone wolf, and the others are all in agreement with each other, but they all have their unenforceable <clears throat> rules. Well, if he if he does this, he doesn't care about our country. Otherwise, he'd act like this. Or if he cared about our country, he'd do that. Well, guess what? You can't enforce that. And if that's going to get you upset and, and to the point where your day is shot, you need to turn off the television. You need to unplug from social media. And by the way, there are bad meetings. If you haven't experienced a bad meeting, you haven't been going to enough meetings. Yeah. Sometimes you need to find a healthy meeting and stop going to the one that continually you're just in turmoil all the time. And at the same time, check yourself before you wreck yourself and look at your own unenforceable rules because you're always going to run into people that don't agree with you and don't behave the way you want them to, right? Yes. Um, but if you're in the middle of the mess, sometimes you need a new mess. There's always going to be the mess, but sometimes you need need the new mess. Um, <clears throat> I I I think that if we can get and and really digest this idea that um, emotional sobriety really demands that we learn how to comfort ourselves in a healthy manner. And I can't do that if I'm putting expectations. And, you know, it used to be unreasonable expectations. And then my sponsor says, no, all expectations. Monty, you can't afford to put any expectations on people because as soon as you do, you're just off the rails. So you can't do that. I said, what do you mean I can't do that? <laughs> I mean, you can't do that. I can do that. Okay, let me know how that works. <laughs> Because I would even, you know, hey, you're going to go to coffee with me. You're going to meet me at 2 o'clock at Denny's. I expect you to be there at 2 o'clock at Denny's. And if you can't make it, I expect a phone call. Okay, maybe that's not wrong. That sounds reasonable. That sounds reasonable, right? But if you don't call me, you don't show up, you don't call me, and I'm labeling you, I'm putting an unenforceable rule on you that says that means you don't care when I don't know what the circumstances are, that's on me. Yeah. That's not on you for not showing up. Because like you said, Denver, the, I don't know what's going on. Those little things will eat you if you let them. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much to get under my craw. And then if I dwell on it, and that's the biggest thing is I've learned to let go. It's like, all right, this isn't life-threatening. Yeah. Why, why am I going to drag this through my whole day or week? Just let it go, and we'll find out a solution later. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Marv? A couple. Okay. <clears throat> you know, if you look at uh, the experience of Christ uh, as a entirety, mm -hmm. uh, he always met people right where they were at. Yeah. Not according to the fact that he was God and mm -hmm. he was holy didn't keep him from going down into unholy places. He, yeah. The expectation level on his part was just to love people, and um, that's a, that's pretty hard to achieve that. But, yeah. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about, which just, by the way, went out the window. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you get old. Um, 
I guess uh, real simple. You can't legislate stuff. Yeah. And that's what this is, is stuff, you know. Right. Uh, you can't legislate it, but it is important. Uh, it has been important for me uh, to try to uh, change, yeah. change my thinking. Yeah. And anyway. That's and, and so I, I was thinking, <clears throat> one of the things I was thinking that I forgot about it too, but I'll bring it back. I remember just now just looking at you. Uh-oh. Looking at your facial expression, <laughs> because you mentioned about the way you look and 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 how people think something's wrong, you know that kind of thing. Letting that bother you to the degree that it ruins your day, right? That means you're putting unenforceable rules on yourself. Yeah. Yes. Because you have a certain look. That's just you. You don't have to apologize for that. Yeah. Right. You're smiling underneath that mustache. I mean, it's a big woolly mustache. We can't see what's going on. And, and so to let other people's uh, um, expectation of you, you know, beat yourself up over it is putting unreasonable expectations on yourself. And yeah, yeah. and you don't need to do that. You know, uh, if, if, if somebody is that concerned about your facial expressions and they're not willing to get to know who you are, then you don't have to worry about their their opinion, in my yeah. opinion, right, Margie? Absolutely. Yeah, have them. <laughs> Marva's smiling all the time. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Good show, everybody. Uh, our closing song is by Tommy Holmes, and it is called "It Ain't Over Yet." And this song uh, speaks to listen. So, so you. you you, you, you know, whether you're older or you're not feeling well or you're feeling like you just didn't measure up or, or you have unenforceable rules on yourself, no matter where you are in life, it ain't over yet. There's a lot that is that God has for you. There's a lot going on. Don't throw in the towel. It ain't over yet. Here is Mr. Tommy Holmes. You came to be in a room at the Holiday Inn It took a whole lot of love and a little bit of seeing yeah, But you made it all right Well, your mama smiled, she kissed your face Daddy cried and thank God for grace On the day you were born You grew up fast, you went to school too smart and you weren't too cool You were always halfway there And now you don't know who you are A chip off the block or a rock and roll star Baby, get in line Oh, don't turn around, around. You can't go back So this is Love 
12-step and recovery musician, Mr. Tommy Holmes. Hey, listen, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>